You know, we are people of deen. You know, we are we you know people we should have a motive in life. Sahaba say Messenger of Allah would walk. We we couldn't catch up with him. You know, we're going places. But you're not going places if you're on your you know, your phone all day, on your devices all day. You know, I was in Uzbekistan exactly this time last year. And we went to Samarkand. And in Samarkand, there is the grave of Kutham. Kutham was the cousin of the Prophet ﷺ. Yeah? He was the last person to come out of the grave of the Prophet ﷺ. Where's Medina? Yeah. And where's Samarkand? He yeah. passed away in Samarkand. Asalaamu Alaikum everyone and welcome to this uh, unscripted podcast. We are back in the office, alhamdulillah. And just before we crack on, we've got a great guest and a great co-host today, mashallah. Um, but before we crack on, just a reminder, I looked at the stats the other day and someone said, and there's a bunch of you statistically who are uh, freeloaders who are just watching without subscribing. So remember to take our relationship to the next level and click that subscribe button, uh, you know, the bell icon as well, just to get notified of, uh, you know, any good stuff that we post. Um, as for today's uh, podcast, Alhamdulillah, we have uh, Omar back in the co-host seat. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Yeah, Omar, without my mask, day? that's all right, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> He's actually two meters away, yeah, just looks but uh, it's just uh, the power of uh, show business. Uh, as for today's guest, uh, you know, we at Islam Trinity were very uh, particular about unity and reaching out to different schools of thought and that kind of stuff and, you know, different races and so forth. So, uh, you know, we, we really went out of our comfort zone and we've got a guest all the way from Birmingham. Alhamdulillah. That's none other than the, the legend himself, Sheikh Zahir Mahmoud, Al Birminghami. MashaAllah. Al Brahmi or Al Birminghami? Al Brahmi. Al Brahmi. Al Brahmi. My son's called Sohaib. Yeah. So Sohaib Al Rumi. Sohaib Al Brumi. But you're not fully Brahmi. MashaAllah. You have some asal in the southeast. Yes, I do. I was born around here. Born and raised in Reading. Yeah, it's not pronounced reading for some of you. Uh, <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> those who can't would probably yeah. pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> but how is uh, Birmingham Sharif? Oh, very good, mashallah. Yeah. Blessed, blessed. Working okay you know in lockdown and everything. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, yeah mashallah. We're spiraling. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> this green glow of Birmingham. <laughs> it wasn't COVID. <laughs> Well, all the other regions were kind of they have these curves, they have spirals. No, Alhamdulillah, so, yeah. we just go up, mashallah. Yeah. Mashallah, mashallah. <laughs> exponential. <laughs> but uh, how's things? How's things going? How's the how's the you know as sofa going? Alhamdulillah, as sofa is going great. We're just talking while they were. Mashallah. Yeah, while we were setting up the uh, cameras, um, what I was talking about, you know how the sofa is going, and uh, you know you're still running, mashallah. Yeah, Alhamdulillah, we're still on site. Alhamdulillah, yeah. back. Uh, I think our students didn't like it online. Teachers didn't like it online, so as much as possible, we're back on site. Alhamdulillah. So some people mm. may not know the full range of what a Sufa Institute mm. does. So probably good to kind of yeah, yeah. tell us, Sheikh. Honestly, uh, if you ask me that, I don't know either. <laughs> but broadly, what we do, we have two departments. We have the outreach, and we have uh, the education. So the education, we do the eight-year part-time Alimiya course for brothers and sisters, which runs in the evening, more for professionals, people who are working, etc. Then we have the full-time Alimiya course, which was also for brothers and sisters. Brothers is five years, sister, brothers is six years, 
sisters is five years mm-hmm. and we have a two-year diploma course and alhamdulillah <coughs> this year we've uh, kind of coupled up with Markfield okay. so Markfield are delivering their BA in a sofa so Mashallah. Arabic and uh, Islamic studies and what's ha- our, our fifth-year students are actually going straight into the second year of the BA so by the time they finish the Alamiya course alhamdulillah they also can have a a BA under the belt as well. Alhamdulillah. That's and then we do quite a few other courses, you know, rework courses, etc. Yep. Uh, but on the outside uh, outreach, we have the homeless, which runs in seven cities. We have uh, the food bank. We have free legal aid services. We have domestic violence, and there's quite a few other things which I can't remember now. You mean support for <laughs> domestic <laughs> violence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, support. For, yeah, yeah. You clarify that. <laughs> Yeah, of course. No, mashallah, that's excellent. And I think um, Asufa have been doing the food banks and the soup kitchens for, for a long time now. Before it was more mm. popular, to be yeah. honest. Alhamdulillah, I think more people have picked up on it. But yeah. one of the first mashallah. I knew of was Asufa doing it, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. You know, alhamdulillah. No, it's good. And why, why did you have this duality in terms of the, the ilm side? And the outreach stuff so as well. So we so far started in 2004, Maktab, little kids. Then yeah. we started the part-time Alamiya class. We had six guys. After a year, all disappeared. But yeah. Alhamdulillah, we carried on with it. By the grace of Allah, now we are full-time, part-time. And then we thought, what are we doing in the community? Because we always speak mm. about the Sahaba, Look, we say they were made by the masjid, yeah. but they were not made for the masjid. Oh, yeah, man. they were made for humanity. Yeah. So we thought, look, we're teaching all this ilm, but what are we doing in the community? So therefore, the intention was to take that ilm into the community. That khair, kuntum khaira ummatin ukhrijat linas. You know, you are the best donation taken out for the benefit of humanity. Yeah. yeah, so that was the intention. That was the kind of mindset behind it. Well, mashallah. I know um, when I was working for a certain company in the city and we had a branch in Birmingham, that some of the professionals, they used to attend Sufa's classes and they were involved yeah. in the program which was quite good actually because traditionally I guess some of the professionals don't feel connected to the massages yeah. and programs so they found a way mm. in which they could get involved True. actually which was actually good. you know the homeless project is really interesting because some of the people who are involved in the homeless project have actually never come to a Sufa Mm. So they're not not everybody's your studious type. Not yeah. everybody wants to stay, but they want to do good action, okay. action yeah. to khair. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And this is mashallah a place. So they've never actually even been to a sofa, mm. but they're involved in the sofa food bank, the 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 homeless project every single week. Mashallah, yeah. So we need alham- something for different types and personalities as well. Not exactly, everyone's gonna exactly. become a sheikh or imam, but they yeah. still want to do their, you know their uh, their own. Um, you know, expertise. Maybe mm. they're interested in your finance guy, for example. Yeah. Mm. He can help out. Where he can, you yep. know, lawyers can offer exactly. pro bono exactly. work and stuff. Um, in terms of the studious side, though, uh, so y- you do an Alimia program. Did you find yourself kind of updating it, or what parts of it did you change mm. from the traditional, you know, Dars and Nizami, for example? What? How did you? How how did you kind of update it and make it quote unquote relevant? So we update it every year. <laughs> yeah. The teachers get sick of updating <laughs> it. Yeah. So with the full time, we updated it to a degree, uh, but it wasn't a really overhaul. With a part time, mm. we yeah. did. Uh, this year, we've actually revisited the Arabic. Mm. The first two years Arabic. So we've kind of reassessed it. So we introduced less grammar. 
there is grammar in there, but less grammar. So we want to go. So what often happens with the ulama, mashallah, they're proficient in reading Arabic, no doubt. Yeah. But the issue is they can't speak Arabic. Often they can't write Arabic too well. So that's something that we wanted to address. So that's what we've incorporated. We have a mashallah student mm. who graduated last year. He's actually a Sikh uh, revert, Zakaria. And he graduated last year and he's doing his PhD in Arabic. Mm. Yeah. So Alhamdulillah, he's brought some very, very good ideas in. Mm. So now that's the first year, first two years we've looked at. Now we're going to be looking at the rest of the... Because what we want is that by the time our students reach fourth year, they're actually comfortable in writing assignments. So they have no issue when they have to go and write assignments for their BAs. Mm. Yeah. So that is the intention in Arabic. In Arabic, yeah. in English. <coughs> See, okay. if you concentrate too much in just Arabic, the issue is you lose out on the English. Yeah. So I've seen this in Pakistan. Mm. So you have certain madaris which only speak in Arabic. If you speak in any other language besides Arabic, they throw you out. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so one of the teachers was telling me who actually taught there, he said the issue with that is that they're no proficient in Urdu. But the medium mm. of communication day to day is English. Okay. Well, their Urdu yeah, for yeah. us is English. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, you have to kind of keep that balance. And a lot of these things I've realized because we've kind of looked at the syllabus so many times is every yeah. move looks very good, you know, from the outside. But when you actually practically implement it, you see side effects. Yeah. But you only see those side effects after you've actually implemented after it. After the first batch of guinea pigs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you say, hold on. The old traditional way was actually better. Yeah, it was actually yeah. proper revolution. Exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, what is your aim with the Alimir course? Is it to produce ulama and, and scholars to do research? Or is it to produce imams to lead salah and masjids and communities? Is it to uh, for du'at to make da'is? Yeah, it's, it for... it's a bit of everything, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing, you know, the imam period yeah. has kind of passed with the youngsters. You know, the, the old, alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward them. The elders, they qualified, they wanted to be imams. They had the istiqama, yeah. you know, they had the zuhud, no. the abstinence. They could live on a kind of meager salary. The youngsters can't. Yeah. You know, they're brought up here, the comforts, etc. They mm. want to get a job. And you, you will see in, in many places where, where there's many ulama, those places actually don't send their youngsters to residential madrasa anymore. One of the reasons is that they realize that there's only 20 masjids and there's 2,000 imams. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do with those 2,000 imams? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You see, dri they end up driving taxis, working yeah. in takeaways, etc. And at the end of the day, it becomes quite a difficult life. Yeah. You know, you, so hence ours is to keep that balance. A group, mashallah, imams. Yeah. But we want imams who can be real assets. Mashallah. You know, we have these million pound masajid. Yeah. yeah. How much do you pay your tea? How much do you pay your uh, imams? I remember you wrote something. Uh, we we published as an article a while ago in some Trinity a few years ago. You said um, 150 thousand pounds on a minaret yeah. and 15 thousand pounds a year on the imam. On the imam. <laughs> and my teacher used to say, if your yeah. masjid is worth a million, your imam should be worth five million. Mm. Not necessarily, you know, in, in in money, but he should be, you know, active. He should be. This guy mm. need imam is the leader of the community. Yeah. Yeah. So why is it that you're spending, you know, 50,000 on a minaret, which is not going to guide anybody? Yeah, yeah. There's something I thought about. I was in Istanbul recently, um, and it's a place full of history. And I thought, you know, subhanAllah, as well as all these buildings, the thing is, history is 
made by people and witnessed by mm. the buildings. Sure, sure, no doubt. You know, whereas yep. we've kind of flipped it all. It's about building the buildings yep. rather than building people. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and this was the sunnah of the message of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I always often say, look, look at the Masjid Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You know, the ceiling barely exceeded the heads of those who prayed in it. Yeah. When you went into Sajda, you would have pebbles on your foreheads. But walls made out of unbaked clay. But look at the first saf. Yeah. Look at that masjid. Look what it created. Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. You know, from that small dark masjid. Look, when Umar radiallahu anhu was martyred, yeah, Abu Lutlu was hiding. Nobody saw Abu Lutlu because the masjid was dark. Yeah. If they had lights on, they would have seen him. Yeah. yeah, but from that small dark masjid emanates a light which extinguished kufr in half of the world. Allah and we've, as you said, we've flipped it, yeah. you know, upside down. We, we concentrate on the buildings, but not on the people. So to mail Allah accept what we do, inshallah, but that is the intention, inshallah. So the aim is to build the people who will then, you know, um, uh, so you, you envisage professionals, people who are doing normal jobs, but at the same time they have that knowledge to they've done an alamiya course on the on uh, as well and they wherever they in in their kind of profession they can lead you know and 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 be imams exactly that that is the inshallah uh, that is the intention okay, that's yeah. very interesting so yeah. we have uh dentists doctors mm. in our final year we actually even have a judge <laughs> so in the part-time final year we have have a judge yeah so we have all these different you know, individuals who have so amazing ability. Sharia and court. <laughs> <laughs> Sharia takeover. Judges. Judge Jihad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, inshallah. But I, I think it's so important actually, Sheikh, because you know, the types of problems that we're facing today and they're changing all the time, unless you're involved in the thick of it in terms of what's going on, it's hard to really understand it and, you know, be mm. able to navigate through it. True. You know, and, um, and as you said earlier, like, you know, this generation is different to our, I guess, our parents who would listen and obey to the, the imam. Exactly. The imam said something that was enough for them. Yep, yep. It was very clear. No, imam said, no, we're not going to do it. Hmm. Whereas now it's, no, but why though? But, yeah. you know, the so-and-so says it's okay, we can do it. But yeah. there's this opinion and, you know, it's... Today, children don't listen to their parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget the imam. Yeah. yeah? They don't listen to their parents. You know, you, you hear stories every single day. You know, children are disobedient, children are rude. Yeah. You know, that never happened or happened to a very small degree. Even like I was in Pakistan at the beginning of the year before the lockdown. And I stopped at a traffic like I was sitting in a rickshaw in Karachi. And there's these three youngsters, they're on a one motorbike, three of them, yeah? <laughs> so the one at the Is back, he spits on the floor. So I said to him, I said this to him, I said, look, you know, young man, what do you spit for? You know, if you love your place, you love your country, you love your dean, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. He says to me, thank you, uncle. I was really insulted. But he said, <laughs> thank you, uncle. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, if you said that to somebody from the same origins, Pakistanis, Bengalis, whatever, you know, young man, don't spit. He said, who are you? You're my dad. Yeah, why yeah. are you telling me? You see, it's still uh, call your uncle, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> then I'm back. Then, then it gets, then it gets personal. <laughs> yeah. But do you understand? Yeah, yeah. And and that's the change that we have here. Yeah. But we have to acknowledge that, you know, yeah. with the pros of being here, there's many many cons. Yeah. I think may, maybe that kind of culture is spreading as well to places like Pakistan as well, mm. with the kind of soft power and the cultural yep. kind mm. of uh, you know exporting. 
true, uh, other norms and yeah. stuff, TV this, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Mm. But the thing that remind you, what you remind me of just just now, and when you when I mentioned the minaret thing, was uh, something Imam Ajwal Masroor. You know, recently he's uh, he's been talking about you know kids uh, leaving Islam, mm. and mm. he's mentioned one of these uh, reasons, and that is imams. Uh, he he felt imams were not uh, qualified or empowered with the tools they needed mm. to reach you know the the young yeah. people in today's kind of day True. and age because yeah. imam learning about learning maybe a traditional um, a syllabus yeah. you know that was probably created for the mm. world 200 years ago 300 years ago for that landscape now um, you know imams learning that and then coming into a society where you know this guy is addicted to uh, weed and this guy is uh, an alcoholic this guy is you know mm. running away from his family this guy is addicted to pornography or whatever yep. uh, you know they don't have those skills to mm. to reach out to the the young people and True. um and he he mentioned that thing as well about yeah. you know spending loads of money on on the, on the massage on the buildings yeah. but not you know pay, paying yep. he said mm. pay, if you pay your imams peanuts you'll get monkeys <laughs> Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. that's what's it called. But that, that that's all around, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Look, we benefit immensely from madaris. Yeah. Yeah. We study from madaris. You have imams in every uh, uh, masjid who mm-hmm. these local madaris, with their limited resources, yeah. you know, created. Yeah. yeah. The thing is that in these madaris, you have teachers who are, you know, Urdu generally Urdu speaking. Yeah. And they have been teaching Hadith, Quran for many years, and they're very, very knowledgeable. But not knowing the culture is not necessarily their fault. Yeah, I agree. Because yeah. firstly, they have limited resources in madrasa. How much do you pay in a madrasa? 2,500 pounds. Imagine, do the maths on that. 2,500 for a residential madrasa. It's next to nothing. For yeah. how long? For, a for, for an entire year. Wow. For, you go to your university, you pay 9,000 9, mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 2,500, that's with your food, that's with your accommodation, you know, with Everything taken into consideration, and you, and you look after my kids for that whole time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Where do I sign well, up? so far doesn't have residential. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I know a couple yeah. will take your yeah. kids. <laughs> so, so, what they create is what they can create. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but we need to. Re- it's not their fault. Not, yeah. I don't think Adwan Masood was saying that either. Mm. That is, it's the Madaris's fault. It's the community's fault. Yeah. for expecting. You know, yeah, for, yeah. for 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 a, a tutor for your maths or whatever, yeah. you'll pay twenty twenty five pound exactly, an hour. Yeah, exactly. But what about for your local uh, imam and yeah. the person who's uh, preserving the the dean yeah. of the children? The, the able the able students I've yeah. seen don't want to be imams. Why? Because you get paid next to nothing, and the committee members want to be the imams, and they want to treat the imams as slaves. Yeah. 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 So the ability they won't allow the ability to flourish. You know, yeah. they, they won't, even if they're elder, they won't nurture the imam. Yeah. It's like, you know, you do this, why did you come late? And then you are eight, nine committee members. And many of these committee members are often quite well to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they want to throw their kind of muscle around. So I've noticed with our own students, those who are very able, because some masajids now do pay reasonably well. Yeah, But you compare what American masajids pay to UK masajids. You know, mm. 80,000, 90,000 a year. Dollars wow. in America, here the yeah. guys on uh, family <laughs> tax credits, yeah. you know, minimum wage, and then we expect, you yeah. know, subhanAllah, you're going to get, you know, the cream of your crop. It's not going to happen, unfortunately. Salam guys, sorry to butt in, eh? 
But if you're enjoying this podcast, please head over to islam20c.com forward slash donate to help us make more. And if you're not enjoying it, head over anyway and help us make better ones. And also, I mean, I don't know how much this is a, just a stereotype or whatever, but I heard some family members, extended family in-laws and stuff, saying that, you know, some people in the community, they treat the, the residential madrasa as the last resort when the kids are too naughty and get kicked out of school. Oh, that, 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 they just that send unfortunately the happens. <laughs> but the, you know, the thing is, it was set up at the time for a specific reason and that it addressed the issues mm. of the time. And again, it's, you know, maybe it's not the best time, but you play with the cards that you're dealt, isn't it? Mm. You know, so with the resources, the limited resources yeah. that the community had, um, it was amazing. It was amazing what's yeah. been done. But the problem is, I guess, almost generally, the massage the was not stood still, <laughs> but they're moving at a certain pace where life outside has just become yeah. so fast now. You mentioned the average imam, a person comes, one person was saying earlier wants to talk about LGBT, you know, quit saying, well, why is it wrong for, you know, two people of the same gender to be in love with each mm. other? Because this is what they're bombarded with. To be able to articulate that in a way that won't get you in trouble either, yes. but represents the Islamic position. Yep. That's a lot of skill that's required. The psychology mm -hmm. required, the, the skills in reconciliation. Yep. You know, because you're not dealing with... Like before, I'm sure if a couple came to the imam and said, listen, there's troubles, the imam would say, and, and the, the wife would listen and the husband would listen. Now neither of them are going to listen. Exactly. True. We had exactly the same issue. They were talking about in Birmingham, we should have a khutbah on this issue of LGBT and every imam should give this khutbah. You know, we should ask him, look, yeah. we need this issue addressed. I said, no, I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. I said, because you got a youngster who should be sitting there who who only comes for Jum'ah. Yeah. He's been bombarded with this thing about love. Why are you impeding this? And then you got an imam who's going to give you your traditional <laughs> yeah. talk on the issue. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and you know what to expect, yeah? yeah. It's going to cause more confusion. Exactly. Adam and Eve, so, and Adam and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit worse than that. Yeah. You know, take him to a mountain and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And and this, people aren't ready, you know, as in to be able to do this. And it's unfair to ask the imams to, True. you know, to have to articulate, navigate that landscape, yeah. which mm -hmm. is beyond the the borders of the masjid and the community. It's the mainstream. Sure. Exactly but you know what they and this is a good segue for the another, some other another topic that we wanted to discuss we were talking about on the phone and stuff there's a lot of younger brothers and sisters they feel because the imam is not talking about it in the masjid or they feel uh, there's a there's a vacuum for some people to utilize slash exploit wherever you see uh, online to say look these imams they sell outs they're not talking about the real things uh, that that you know really uh, important for you. So we've had this rise in kind of social media Islam mm. almost, where people are stepping in to fill the gap and to to uh, you know bring some uh, confident sounding but still kind of slightly problematic for many other reasons. Yeah. Kind of messages that you know uh, uh, to to appeal to a Muslim community or some younger people that feel embattled that feel insecure in their iman mm. that feel nobody's talking about these issues that you know we want we want to be uh, we want there to be you know discussions and stuff about and um, one th so one thing I, I always try and ask our guests is how do you personally feel uh, social media the internet etc has changed or is changing islam or how islam is being spoken about and communicated and uh, and taught 
look, like most things, there's benefits in it. Mm. And I think it depends on the individual. Some individuals have benefited from it immensely. In Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he speaks about gambling and alcohol, he says there's good in them, there's benefit in them, but the sin is greater than the benefit. Okay. Okay. Similarly with this, there is benefit for some, but for others, it's destructive. Yeah, it's destructive. Look, when you go, I, I've seen so many mm. people get confused regarding <clears throat> their deen because there's so much, you know, trash out there on the internet from all types of, uh, you know, uh, people from different mm. backgrounds. So there's benefit in it and there's uh, great harm in it. Now, and that that's from the Iman point of view, yeah, and confusion point of view. Then you got the other where I, I, I believe, you know, we've reached a state where we actually think we're doing an amazing job because we do you know you know forward a couple of whatsapp messages and we think subhanallah mm -hmm. you know i'm an amazing da'i you know we do a couple of podcasts we yes. do a couple of talks online we study a course online mm -hmm. you know i honestly believe you know they, they, there's an element of this deen if you lose it yeah you lose a huge portion of deen and that is sacrifice yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. Allah said, Those who make an effort in this deen, in our path, we are the ones who open the path for them. We guide them. You know, what's happened is that in the internet has made us feel pious and studious yeah, in our mm. comfort zones. This yeah. was never the case. Yeah, this was never the case. I remember seeing my father, you know, when we were in, living in Reading, walking three miles every single day to the masjid. Every single day to the masjid, three, uh, th uh, three miles every single day. You know, this, that, that was a sacrifice. And Nobody that, wasn't just, that wasn't just to get to the Dibandi masjid, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Tablighi masjid. My, my, my father said, Tablighi. <laughs> no, there was only one masjid yeah, in Reading yeah. in, in those days. Just yeah. one masjid. My father yeah. used to get three three hours. I'm uh, sorry, three miles every single day. You know that was a sacrifice which was yeah. in the elders. We speak about Imam Bukhari's traveling mm. the entire world. Okay, we speak about you know uh, Jabir ibn Abdullah going all the way to D Damascus to l listen to one hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and then we say, Nah, you know what? Uh, there's a lecture in East London Mosque. Well, I can't be bothered to go there. I'd rather you know do a course online. Mm. Face, I can't be bothered to do it face to face. Now, this is this is this is you know lazy dawa. This is a broader trend, though, and I think just in human beings in the next generation. A lot of people say that a lot of writers they say that we're moving towards a, 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 an image based society rather than a, a text based society, mm. rather than an ideals based society. Uh, so, younger people they tend to um, want to be like 100 years ago, younger people they want to be what. Doctor, teacher, whatever, something that requires effort, mm. graft, you know, sacrifice, uh, struggle. But now they're saying, you know, more and more people want to be a YouTuber or yeah. a famous person. Instant gratification. Or, yeah. or yep. an ath famous athlete, but not because they see the graft that's required to yeah, yeah. actually becoming a, an elite athlete, but because they see the spectacle of the yeah. athlete. You but know, you know, the, winning even the race the YouTubers. I mean, like if there are some, mashallah, guys who do some amazing work. But, you know, I, I know quite a few of the youngsters. Mm. Honestly, may Allah reward them. Uh, there's a lot of tarbiyah which needs to be done. Yeah. yeah. 
it, it's fame, it's dunya. Mm. You know, you're always looking for uh, more likes. So you need to lubricate the parameters. This ain't working now. Let's try this. Let's try this. No matter how much mashallahs, alhamdulillahs, beards yeah. and hijabs are mm -hmm. in those videos, it's a lot of dunya. And dunya yeah. this doesn't come in money. Dunya is fame. Actually, yeah. fame is even more destructive. So I know <laughs> a few of these youngsters who get a bit popular, but then they want to remain popular. But it's not sustainable. So they walk into a cafe, somebody recognizes, Assalamu alaikum, brother. You know, oh, mashallah, mashallah. Omar. Omar Sulaiman, you still owe us the money from the last bill. <laughs> and then what? That dwindles. Yeah. Because yeah. it's dunya and it's not deen, yeah, yeah, and you believe that it was done because of your own efforts and it wasn't done for the sake of deen, now you're upset and now you are depressed. Because people are no longer giving you mm. salams mm. out there. Mm. So it's just, you know, it may be, the, the name may be Dean, the podcast may be Dean, etc. Yeah. But the islah, you know, and, and, and the rectification of the niyyah needs to be done regularly. Yeah. 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 And, and I've seen this in quite a few youngsters who are you know, active on social media. They're, never ha they're not happy because it's like, how many likes do I have? How many mm. followers do I have? And if you do it for the sake of Allah and Allah gives all ikhlas, yeah, if you do it for the sake of Allah, you won't mind. Yeah, exactly. I remember you, uh, Sheikh Zahir, said in a meeting once, um, there was some video that went viral and there was a bit of some dodgy stuff in it and someone was arguing that, look how many likes it's got though, it's got so many views and uh, maybe it's doing some good dawah and stuff. And Sheikh Zahir Mahmoud, he said, uh, imagine if it had one billion likes, but it had one dislike from Allah. Allah. Did, I, like, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> you did now. MashaAllah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Anyway. That, uh, you probably don't remember. I just, I just thought yeah. that is, you know what? I'm gonna create this podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know, start work for some tour and see, and I'm gonna try and change your life. Huh? Just, just so I can get into this position yeah. and, and remind you of that thing. <laughs> but you know, the, I always talk about this, uh, and anyone knows, I was rambling on about. The fact that it's not just uh, you know that that issue of fame and 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 craving that and needing to sustain that is bad enough, but the problem I uh, feel that you know is 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 even more dangerous is the fact that it's become automated now. It's become algorithmic. Yeah, that people um, people who are maybe start off doing you know general uncontroversial DAO and stuff, they all. You know they're doing some good stuff. They're talking about general agreed upon things, but because these uh, social media platforms, yeah. YouTube, Facebook, whatever, they they operate on subtle kind of changes in your behavior mm. as a producer and as a consumer of those things, okay. that they push you towards more and more controversial, more and more mm. um, edgy, more and more polarizing issues. Yeah, and this is as a lot of literature on actually how this is. Uh, by design, right? Mm. Artificial intelligence algorithms are doing this mm. to lure people into uh, further and further into, you know, um, I don't want to say extreme, but, mm. you know, niche opinions or things that will um, will polarize people. Mm. Yeah. So um, one of those things is this refutation culture, which mm. is kind of making a resurgence. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know very well from your back from back in the days and in the nineties or whatever, where 
all this this stuff used to happen fine. on the street or in tapes or messenger pigeons or whatever <laughs> yeah but uh now it's algorithmic it's mm. automated such that me if i'm watching something night a good beneficial mind about quran it will say okay autoplay afterwards suggested video watch next mm. such and such destroys abc person yeah yeah and me as just and the primal you know feeling is that oh, i want to see that mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah because you know, it's like a, watching a car crash yeah. goosenecking or rubbernecking mm. whatever it's called you know you know you shouldn't watch it then you know a car wreck or whatever but there's some primal thing inside yeah. you and it's and it, it, these algorithms are geared towards exploiting that yes yeah so mm. it will lure you down if like even if one one researcher was saying uh, you know even if you're watching a video about ve- uh, vegetarianism yeah it will suggest another video veganism mm. <laughs> a bit yeah. more and more and yeah, more yeah, extreme yeah. down that rabbit hole mm. and um i don't see i think i personally i feel in a hundred years or something yeah if the human race is still here i think every fit council you can mark my words if anyone's watching this in some history class <laughs> you can mark words every fit council in the world is going to be like how did they not realize it was just, this was completely haram and destroying the society and you know until well, which hundred years there. when they see this they'll have a statue of you outside yeah. east london masjid <laughs> <laughs> Salman, but <laughs> you still only no got statues. one like. <laughs> no, but I think this is the thing. You know, people like controversy, yeah. and unfortunately, it, it's kind of seeping into the Muslim culture. Yeah. All these guys who now court controversy. Yeah, some do it well, look, for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Some issues need to be dealt with. You know, somebody. Uh, attacks against muslims etc yeah. it needs to be but then there's this culture of just controversy and it's the sad thing is that from a time where people used to watch talks people yeah. wanted to benefit now what do you watch you watch youtubers you watch controversy you watch debates i remember when you know subscribe of, uh, just remember to subscribe to something see, to <laughs> i remember a couple of years ago i don't want to speak about controversy yeah, now yeah. but a couple of years ago there was that Milad controversy. I, don't, I won't mention any names. Every day I would walk into class. Say, Sheikh. You know, the students are saying, Sheikh, do you hear what so-and-so, so, so-and-so said? Like, you know, we're so in, you know, engrossed into this culture. That the problem is it doesn't stop there. It gets, from, it gets worse. Yeah, we like the controversies. Then we like to know what people are doing, people are saying. Yeah. yeah? So we want to know. We're nosy. So yep. once upon a time, people used to watch soap and dramas. Now they want to know, <laughs> oh, but this uh, brother or this this hijabi, what does she do at home? So mm. she introduces them to her house and etc. Then for Allah knows, Hidayat is in the hands of Allah. We don't, we're not here to judge people. Yeah? But then tomorrow she takes off her hijab. And now you're confused. Yeah. Why are you confused for? Do you have anything better to do than know about what her children and what her husband are doing and what she's shopping? And it's not even their real life anyway. Most exactly. of them have just like chosen it. You know, you know, you know when this thing happened about you know uh, Abdullah and uh, Ummi Abdullah and Hassan. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That happened. Everybody spoke about it. You know, honestly, I was going to do a talk. I didn't get around to it. Not about them. They did what they did. About those who followed them. <laughs> Come on, get a life. Yeah. <laughs> 
Don't get a life. Don't you have a life of your? What do you want to know what they're doing? And then she came out. She said, sometimes we would take 50 pictures to get it right. They made their money. They got whatever they wanted, their fame. What did you get out of it? Besides wasting your time. It's true. You know, and, and, and so it's, I feel sorry for those people. You know, we are people of deen. You know, we, are, we, you know, we should have a motive in life. Sahaba say, Messenger of Allah would walk. We, we couldn't catch up with him. You know, we're going places. But you're not going places if you're on your, you know, your phone all day, on your devices all day. You know, I was in Uzbekistan exactly this time last year. And we went to Samarkand. And in Samarkand, there is the grave of Kutham. Kutham was the cousin of the Prophet Yeah. He was the last person to come out of the grave of the Prophet Sallallahu Where's Medina yeah. and where's Samarkand? He yeah. passed away in Samarkand. You know, and, and, and that's what we should be. But there's another thing which I want to take, talk about as well. Is, is this issue of rebuttals yeah. and, and bringing people down. You know, this is this is a real sickness. You know, you you see how people look for one mistake in a person, and they get happy when the person makes the it mistake. Makes a mistake, as if they want him to make the mistake, and that's what gives them the joy. Exactly. Mm. I, I mean, what kind what kind of person are you who will look at one person's mistake? A guy makes a muscle up. That he makes a he makes a mistake in some fiqh opinion. Yeah. Okay. We get so happy. Oh, he's made a mistake. Everybody's going around. Look, he made a fiqh. Uh, uh, uh. Didn't the scholars of past make mistakes? Yeah. You know, Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, rahmatullah, when he came to uh, Mecca, he said to Humaydi, he said, you know, I heard there's a man called Shafi here. I've heard some great things about it. I want to meet him. So Humaydi says, I didn't really want to meet him. So he said he dragged me along to him. He said, we sat with him. We spoke over a... 100 Musail So when we went back Imam, uh, Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal Rahmatullah alayhi said to Imam Humaydi Rahmatullah alayhi He said what do you think about Shafi? Mm. He said yeah But he made some mistakes And so, five Musail he said I think yeah, he, he, like he said, he said uh, How many? He said So he said Okay We spoke about 100 Musail <laughs> He made a mistake maybe in five Maybe in ten Yeah he said, take what is good, leave that which is not good. Ten Masail he made mistakes in. Imagine mm -hmm. if some Molana or Sheikh made ten mistakes. I mean, the <laughs> Subhanallah. We'll see him again. <laughs> exactly. And that's the unfortunate culture that we've, uh, we've created. And the, and the worst thing about it, because we're so groupy, we'll overlook all the mistakes of our oh, Sheikh. Yeah. And one mistake made by somebody else, you know, would yeah. take him to task. But you know, for it. what I found, Sheikh, is really ajib is that um, so even in these rebuttals that are going on in person A versus person B, and they'll talk about their mistakes, but what they don't say is how you should treat that person. They don't, so they're telling their followers, this person's done this, this person does that. And I've asked a few of these guys, I go, so what does that mean? When you see him, will you say salam to him? And honestly, the response I've got is, I don't know, that's up to the scholars to say whether we should return this salam. <laughs> Because of they've had some of these discussions, I'm like, I go, does he have your right? Does he have any rights of you as a Muslim brother? And they're like, oh no, that's not for us to. So they create all of this mm. yeah. like confusion, 
and they don't know the status of the person. Yeah, and it's, 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 and honestly, this is the worst thing. This is a form of kind of undercover takfir almost yeah. because you, have you pushed this person out of the fold of Islam? But you're not being clear. Okay, you know where this person mm. is. Look at mashallah, pious person like Salman. Mashallah, mashallah, mashallah. dedicated his life for the Deen of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. He can just stop. <laughs> Thanks for joining in. Uh, remember to like. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Share. Maybe his wife is watching it. <laughs> yeah, he's chosen his statue as well. <laughs> and then he makes a slip. Quite Everybody's often. out there. Oh, he's made one mistake. And the Prophet sallallahu said that every son of Adam makes mistakes and the best one of them is who does tawbah he makes one mistake in his 20 years of dawah is it jais is it permit permitted for us to overlook mm. his 20 years of good and take him to task for that one of course it's not of course it's disproportionate it's haram look look, look look at hatib ibn Abi balta radiallahu anhu hatib Mm. The message of Allah prepares mm. an army to go and attack Makkah and he sends a letter informing the army. Treason. Yeah. yeah. It's treason. Yeah. Yeah. And the message of Allah said, you will find a woman at a certain place called Rawda. She will have a certain letter. Bring that letter. So they went there. They found a lady. She had it in the plaits of her hair. Yeah. She took it out. And the message of Allah went to Hatib and he said, Hatib, what's this? And he said, oh, message of Allah, do not hasten to judge me. Don't hasten to judge me, yeah. but you know, I'm not a person displeased with Islam, but I don't have no family in Mecca to mm. look after my family. My properties are, I'm not from the Quraysh. Yeah. And I thought they would harm my family. And, and Umar ibn Khattab, Umar ibn Umar, <laughs> the message of Allah, move out the way. Yeah, yeah. strike at the neck of this munafiq. Yeah. And the message of Allah said, was he not from those who participated in the battle of Badr? Oh, no, no. He said, maybe Allah says regarding of the, regarding the people of Badr, you know, do whatever you want. Allah has overlooked okay. your mistakes. Sorry. This was treason. Mm. This was treason. And the yeah, message of Allah sallallahu alayhi said, no. You know, you know, and we look for one mistake for a person who, who's dedicated his entire life. It's not even permitted for a person who hasn't dedicated his entire life. Yeah, yeah. And the beautiful example is, you know, the example is like, you know, you have urine yep. in a glass. You drop urine in a glass, you will, a drop of urine, you might see, you know, the effects, yeah. the color, change of color. But when you got an ocean, you drop a drop of urine in that ocean, you're not going to notice it. Yeah. This person has so mm. much khair, so much good, and you can't see any of the 20, 30 years of good. Yeah. And all you can see is one mistake he, that he's done. That's a reminder of the statement of Ibn Qayyim. He mentioned that analogy as well. He said, Zalatul ulama aqdar wa humbihar. Subhanallah. The, the uh, mistakes of scholars are like like bits of urine or, yeah. or filth, yeah. but they're oceans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Nuruddin, Nuruddin had a scholar that he loved. So his was the Ra and his you know, uh, deputies were a bit upset about him because he's spending a lot of time with the scholar. So he said that he's got this mistake, he's got this mistake, he's got this mistake. Nuruddin said, I know he's got all these mistakes. But he said he's good drowns the few mistakes he had he said if mm -hmm. i was you <laughs> i would look at your own mistakes <laughs> i would look at your you know skeletons in your closets yeah 
So what advice would you give then to someone who maybe likes watching these types of things or maybe making producing content talking about uh, you know uh, certain people and their mistakes and so forth one ex one argument that they make is but we're just advising you know it's ad-deenun nasiha the, the the religion is sincere in our advice and we're just advising mm. these people you know that they made the mistakes what would you no, look, if somebody makes a major mistake Firstly, it's not everybody's duty to rectify them. If you have no parameters, no, yeah. uh, you know, qawaid, wabit, it's not permissible for you. Yeah. And if you do rectify, then do it according to the transgression. If you... Proportional. Proportional. Mm -hmm. You know, Muhammad ibn Sarin, rahmatullah alayhi, said, the thulam of, on your brother is that you can only remember the bad that he's done. Yeah, yeah, subhanallah. He says, that you, that's the only thing you can remember. So it must be proportionate to the mistake he's done. If it is not proportionate to the mistake, then you, then you are doing thulam. So where you think that you are mm. doing al amul bil maruf, mm. actually, you're not doing a, a joining good and forbidding be evil. Actually, you are doing the transgression. If it's done publicly. If it's done publicly, yeah. yeah? yeah. Obviously, if it's not done publicly, you know, you know there's, there's amazing narration. Which ulama deduce uh, where you know it's a famous narration read by Imam Bukhari rahmatullah alayhi. and and honestly this really shows us what the honor of a believer is yeah this was when on the day of Arafah when the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to the Sahaba he said what day is it yeah what month is it what city is it and then some narration, they mention some narration, they say, Allah alam, you know, yeah. Allah and his Rasul know best. So the Prophet said, it is the ninth Dhil Hijjah. Yeah, the yeah. ninth, the day of Arafah, Dhil Hijjah, and the city is Makkah. Yeah. He said, like this day, this month, and the city is sacred, the blood, the honor, and the wealth of a believer is honorable like this. Now the ulama mm. did you something amazing here. They say, you know, when you normally give a tashbih, you give a resemblance. You have the mushabba and the mushabba yeah. bihi, that which you resemble and that you which mm. you resemble bihi with. So mm -hmm. that thing that you are resembling, like for instance, I say, Zaid ka asad. Zaid is like a lion. Yeah. Now because Zaid is brave and strong, we say Zaid is like a lion. But in the, out the two, in bravery, who is strong? Who is greater? Lion. The lion. The one that comes next. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. They say that this is one of the few places actually the thing which is being resembled is greater than the thing which is being resembled with. Meaning mm. that the blood, the honor, the wealth is more sacred than Makkah, than the ninth day of Zilhijjah, the most holiest day of the year. Mm. And, and, and the, what's yeah, it called? And the day, yeah, uh, the day of, uh, sorry, the, yeah, the ten days of the Dilhijjah, the month of Dilhijjah, and mm. the day of Arafah. Mm -hmm. This is the honor of a believer. You know, and only if we kind of recognize this. So my advice to those mm. who need to do it: firstly, you need you, you need to have the ilm to do it. Yeah, you need to have the guidance of other scholars once you do it, and then mm. it has to be proportionate. Yeah, and if it is not proportionate, then it's not permitted. You know, and for those, for those mm. who just sit there to see what mistakes some scholar makes or what mistakes some da'i makes, it's haram. It's not permitted. 
You know, Hassan Basri, rahmatullah alayhi, they said to him, they said, you know, there's some guys in your gathering who just sit there, and the only reason they <laughs> sit there is to find your mistakes. So this so, thing is, this practice is quite old. It's right? old, <laughs> yeah. He said, well, that doesn't really perturb me. At least they have some salaf. <laughs> <laughs> some dalil in the Yeah, but not from the salaf. Not from the salaf. So he said, he said, that doesn't perturb me. He said, I know there are people like that who only sit in Hassan Basri, rahmatullah yeah. alayhi, you know, the, one of the greatest tabi'een in his gathering, and it was just to find what mistakes he makes. He said, these people don't spare Allah. How are they going to spare me? Subhanallah. Subhanallah. The people have not spared Allah. So how yeah. are they going to spare? So, but the thing is, we're, we don't want to be amongst those people. Yeah. yeah you know, sure. we want to be amongst those who... Because... You know, I don't want to make this a monologue, you know, so uh, no, no. You, you guys, but something else comes to my mind, which is so, wallahi, so, you know, the message of Allah said, who, who is the poorest person? Mm. Yeah. The bankrupt person. The bankrupt person. And mm. they said, it's so-and-so, this guy's muflis, this guy's got yeah. no, not a penny to his name. He said, no, no. He said, that person who comes on the day of judgment and he has, the, he has good deeds equivalent to the mountain of Ohud. Ohud. It's oh, like, yeah. you know, that mountain which goes for yeah, kilometers, yeah. kilometers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, it's that person. But he would have taken the rights of so many other people that those mm. people would be lined up bigger than the queue outside Tesco's in lockdown. Yeah. yeah. Waiting for toilet rolls. I mean, <laughs> uh, you might edit that just in case somebody puts a photo on me. <laughs> yeah. But... He said, you mean lotas? Wapas lota. So it's uh, yeah. a long queue, and they will say, "Allah, he he took, he did this to me. He oppressed me. He swore at me. He took my right." And their action, yeah. backbiting, yeah. or slander, you know, slander on YouTube, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on, on social media. So his action will be given to that person, given yeah. to that person, given to that person, until this man, who had actions equivalent to the mountain of Ohod will have nothing left. But there will be still a line of people. Then Allah, then Allah will take his good, uh, their sins and place it on his shoulders until he will be dragged into the fire of Jahannam. And you know, Wallahi, you know, imagine you backbite today one person or you slander one person and Allah save us all. Yeah. And you put it on social media. And that goes viral. And a million people, a hundred thousand people see your slander. Or even if it's true, even if it's true, you're Even if it's true, yeah, even if it's backbiting. Yeah. A hundred thousand. And, and you thought you were doing good. Mm. In your own deluded mind, you thought yeah. you were doing good. You've backbited to a hundred thousand people. Yeah. Now, how are you going to rectify mm. that? Exactly. Assalamualaikum guys, me again, reminding you to head over to islam21c.com forward slash donate to keep the lights on on Islam21c. We pride ourselves on being independent and being funded by the grassroots community. How are you going to make sure that each of those people, even if you issue an apology, yeah. that each and every one of them understood it? The scary thing about the hadith, Sheikh, is this. This was someone who came with good deeds. Hmm. This is someone who must have struggled and strived their whole life and they had that amount of good deeds. People are entering into this younger and younger. Let's be honest, they're not even 
particularly practicing mm. or doing, you know, as much as they can in all the other spheres of Islam that that's required from us, but they're interested in the in the debate, the the spectacle, and they're partaking in this. So mm. it goes straight to the the, sure. the, the, the the part of the queue where you're just getting the sins. Yeah. You know, subhanAllah, that's scary Like, mm. where's the struggle? Where's the striving to do the good deeds? And then, you know, you fall into that We're not even doing yeah. that, we're going straight to that Exactly You know, and this mm. is One thing I think is that, look If you think you're sincere in what you're doing You know, the mm. people who want to get into the bait How many people take a step back and make dua for the other person first? Mm. Just something we should check ourselves yeah, course, with Before we go straight to the debate Have you made dua sincerely asking Allah In the depths of the night that life, this person is incorrect, guide them and, mm. and let, let them be corrected by themselves. True, true. It's an issue of culture as well. It's, uh, I see this as so a very similar kind of phenomenon to, you know, the, you know, not to be, not to offend anyone, like the roadman selling drugs, Muslim mm. selling drugs or whatever, yeah. drink alcohol, because that person, he's absorbed that culture in, in where he's grown up yeah. and that's become, you know, maybe replaced certain Islamic values in his mm. life. Likewise, the people indulging in attacking people online, they they're indulging in a uh, a a culture which is foreign to our own, yeah. right? Which is replacing this gossip culture. This yeah. what is this celebrity doing? What is that doing? He said this about that person, and this person said you know did this yeah. about against that person. That we we're indulging this thing, which is completely alien to our our deen, and we justify it post facto. By a hadith here or a statement yeah. of a scholar there that oh backbiting is okay if it's you know if they did something publicly yeah. or this that the thing is that's like saying uh, you know eating pig is okay mm. because yeah there is a time where you if you if you're in certain you know circumstances yeah. but you don't say you don't frame the discourse like aslan this is an okay thing yeah. Yeah. when you whenever I'm trying to I try to get brothers and sisters that I speak to 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 really get get in in, in their heads that. Just speaking about another Muslim, yeah. Just speaking about them, mentioning their name, yeah. you should be so scared. I remember in in a dars or whatever, if someone would say Sheikh so and so said X Y Z, and the Sheikh in the dars, he would his face would change. Mm. He was neither you've mentioned another Sheikh. We can't let's let's change the subject. You can't. I'm yeah. not gonna you know issue an opinion when another Sheikh whatever. Exactly. That's just <laughs> he wasn't even yeah. cussing or anything. Yeah, he just yeah. mentioned that he has a different opinion, opinion and so, yep, so yep, forth. Yeah. Right? But just the the honor of the Muslims has become so cheap in mm. in our in our public kind of True. conscious. It's, uh, it's, it's yeah, it's and so I think scary. this comes back to the point you make, Jake. I think we've lost our own internal honor, and so because we don't know honor ourselves and we don't know how to bring honor about ourselves, we don't honor other people either. Yeah, uh, this this is ghairat, you know this is that exactly, is, and and it's also about self esteem as well. Yeah, we we get our self esteem and our confidence. By looking at the failures of others, oh. that's so sad, <coughs> Allah. You know why? Because what happens is when you're looking at the faults of others, you will never have time for introspection. Yeah. You know, as one of the uh, salafs, he, he said, "Shagalat ayubi and ayubi ghairi." Then my own faults are preoccupied that I look at the faults of others. <laughs> somebody mentioned somebody in front of him, and he said, "I got no time to look." At. But what happens? We look at failures. Oh, this guy made a mistake. So somebody else has made a mistake, we feel good, it gives us self-esteem. And that is a sad state of affairs. It's like Man United fans. <laughs> what? Is that correct? Did I use that right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like Man United fans. Not, I just, did I use that phrase correctly? Yeah, if I didn't, yeah, then... Man United uh, fans are all right, bro. Yeah. 
that they, they, they only rejoice in their failure of other teams or something. No, no, no. It's yeah. a new thing. This is uh, from, from amongst the, the yeah. khalif in it. This is the, the deviants. Football uh, <laughs> haram, haram. Finish, So, Sheikh, we kind of talked about uh, media personalities and now you have this huge swathe of people who are just voyeurs. They're looking at what's going on. Mm. And then we also have this kind of trial by media where someone says something or... You know, the truth, uh, they say, you know, a, a lie is halfway around the world before the truth has put its mm. boots on. And um, we start believing and more fuel is added to it. And we mm. see this. How, how would you kind of advise us when we see something that goes wrong or we're not sure about it, even though it may seem so obvious? So know, let's say tomorrow, Omar, Omar's, uh, you know, a, a video leaks of Omar, you know, saying something silly or embarrassing. <laughs> Very likely. Yeah. Could be uh, today. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes across, you know, <laughs> Steve's uh, Facebook feed. How should Steve is, uh, is a Muslim? Yeah. How should Steve uh, Steve yeah, react? should give him the benefit of the doubt unless he has concrete uh, reasons not to. And even then, even then we are from amongst those who overlook and hide the sins of other people because we want Allah to overlook our faults on the Day of Judgment. Yeah. Imagine this, you know, look, subhanAllah, in this dunya, if you hide somebody's sins, yeah. Yeah, Allah subhanAllah will take it on upon him on that day when the first man from Adam والسلام, to the last man, your children, your family will be there. Allah will hide your sins. SubhanAllah. There's a reason why this deen teaches these beautiful things. Mm -hmm. and, and the thing is that we see a small mistake, yeah, and we want to magnify it to such a degree that the entire dunya sees it. Sounds like marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the prime example, I think, I, think yeah. I, I, I want to kind of touch on this, was yeah. a guy, I've, I really feel that injustice was done to this guy. And it was the issue in Ramadan which happened with this guy called Jawad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jawad, I, I Jawad. don't really know him personally. I've, I think one talk in Derby, we were on the same lovely, platform. Lovely but brother, Marshall, but Marshall. other than that, I don't know him. But I saw a I podcast. I know him as Uncle Jawad. Uncle yeah, Jawad, yeah. yeah. He does a, a kids, uh, kids kind of segments uh, on different programs. programs yeah. Yeah. So, so this poor guy is on, uh, on air, live on air. There, and, he, and, and they ask, he says, look, I mean, I'm sure you know about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the tea, coffee was once upon a time yeah, bought yeah. by uh, what's it called women, and yeah. another guy there, which he obviously shouldn't have said, but yeah, yeah. he said, "Oh yeah, excuse to something to that yeah, nearest yeah. effect, yeah. That, you know, excuse to rub against them or this to rub against him." Yeah. yeah, and there's three other people there as well. Yeah, Jawad doesn't react to his statement. Yeah, he doesn't laugh. He doesn't agree to it. Yeah, and then what happens is this poor guy loses his job on the consequence of somebody else making a statement not only that they call him things like you know pervert you know this is and then this 50 year old man who spent 25 years plus in the charity sector loses his job loses his credibility comes mm. on live tv crying and apologizing what did he do wrong yeah subhanallah what did he do wrong? The, uh, what we did wrong was that we did not give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So the wrong is with us. The wrong is not with him. And, and this is the unfortunate thing about social media. 
people you know mm. like to judge even without if somebody even if for argument's sake he did do something wrong if somebody did somebody did do something wrong that's not proportionate exactly that's the, yeah that's the exactly issue, for it? for 25 years of khair you lose your job so the criteria isn't the islamic muslim criteria the criteria yeah. you're using is something else yeah mm. yeah that is something else it's not the islamic criteria and I saw this guy and I thought, you know, 50-year-old guy is, is crying on TV for something he didn't do. Okay, some were arguing, whoa, but you know, when the brother said what he said, yeah, yeah. he should have rectified him. Yeah, you know, how many, how often do people say in front of us, the shiuch included, things that they shouldn't say? And mm. we know the world isn't watching us. We don't jump down their throat, oh. You know, how many times an auntie or an uncle yeah. will come to, you know, say something that they shouldn't say? We don't say, auntie, yeah, yeah. <laughs> racist. Yeah. We don't say it. No. And sometimes there's, that, that's, an Islam, that's the Islamic thing to do, to practice taghafal. Exactly. Yeah. To make it, make it look like you that's never... if he yeah. actively heard it. Uh, that's mm. another thing. You know, that's another thing. There was no response. Yeah. But why are we being idealistic yeah, yeah, yeah. for mm. others yeah, yeah, yeah. when we don't use the same criteria for us? Okay, so, tayyib. Maybe he should have said it. Yeah, but you and I don't say it all the time. How many times we've been sat in effort where someone said something about someone they shouldn't have, and you find it awkward to say, "Bro, don't say it." Yeah, yeah Mahmoud. At that time, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. you may say it to them afterwards. And there's three other people in that yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, and this this is the sad thing about the Muslims today, where there was a time where you know people would give others the benefit of the doubt. Here we're looking yeah. for the. You know the shortcoming. It's about like it's a bit like what non-Muslim do to us. That like, why did you not condemn something? something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like your refusal, your your lack of condemnation is some kind of sign that you exactly. Uh, so here's yeah. the other side of it. Actually, this is where it's someone you like and they maybe slip up, but I guess justice is also when there's someone you dislike mm. uh, and and they make a mistake as well. Mm. That you have to be just in how you hold them to it. You don't let your personal emotions yeah. come out through that. You know, it's easier when it's someone you like and you can yeah. kind of smooth over it. Exactly. But if it's someone you have lots of disagreements with, then still keep it proportional, as you of said, Shaykh. Of course, yeah. of course. You know, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, yeah. That your dislike for a qawm, for a group of people, should not make you unjust for, towards them. Be just, for that is the closest to taqwa. Now this is a jeeb or ayah. I'll tell you why. Primarily, Allah is speaking to the message of Allah وسلم, and the Sahaba. Yeah. Yeah? Who did they not like? Who did they have an issue with? Kufar. The Kufar, Kufar. the Mushrikeen. Yeah. Who did shirk with Allah? So Allah is telling the message of Allah وسلم, your dislike for a group of people who are doing shirk with me. Yeah. Yeah, still should keep you just against those group of people. Mm -hmm. Allah is saying, look, even <clears throat> if they disbelieve in me, you still have to be just with those group of people. And this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So hence, you know, our, our approach towards others, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Ya anfusikum. You know, even if you have to give witness against your very self, very self mm -hmm. you still and then Allah says against your parents and then Allah says against your family these are the closest people to you so that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects from us mm -hmm. believers and it is a you know it is a high call 
And it doesn't mean to refute your own selves and your own parents on <laughs> YouTube. <or whatever. laughs> not, not that yeah. type of uh, testimony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might yeah. be uh-huh. opening yeah. another can of worms yeah. there. Yeah. No, but it's true, though, isn't it, Shakespeare? Like that. And I think generally, uh, maybe it's because we live in, in the West, or maybe it's where we are at the time, but this thing about giving preference to believers, really, like, mm. we just don't really fully understand and internalize anymore i think especially i see when we're working you know sometimes i've been in meetings and on the other side there's a muslim who said something that you know you can really get them into trouble mm. but then you think they have rights over you as a believer mm. in any even any situation mm. you know you know you've got to think about these mm. things and we don't think about these things the rights that a believer has over you mm. really what that means and uh sometimes we become a little bit Lovey-dovey, things have become a bit wishy-washy and everything's become about love for everyone. Yeah. Okay, there's justice, we're just for everything. Exactly, exactly. But this thing about loving the believers, loving the people who worship Allah, mm. yeah. they have these rights over you. Of course, of you course. Sheikh Haytham once said to us, why, why are you skipping um, wala and going straight to bara'a? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You're skipping love for the sake of Allah, yeah. going straight cool. to hatred for the sake of Allah. Look, even like on the other extreme, about this thing about judging, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, ah, don't judge me at all. <laughs> and you're thinking, hold on. Like, I'm a judge though. <laughs> but we all do judge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all. I mean, they, obviously there's parameters and the dean has yeah, said parameters. Yeah. But we judge when somebody comes from a job. We yeah. judge him. When somebody will come to your daughter to ask for a hand mm. in marriage or your son, you will judge. Yeah. We judge. It's not, but it's like this absolute thing. Let me do whatever I want. Let me do yeah. any mm. corruption in the world. Don't. Judge me. Guitar, but two pack in it. But that, that, how do, how do you reconcile those two then? Yeah. So one, someone could say, but look, um, uh, don't judge that person. But maybe the the advice that you give it should be in private, isn't it? Yes, yeah, of course. It shouldn't be you know look at this person online. He yep. did something stupid. It should be sincere advice that. Mm. You're giving on a private level and it's not like I'll give you five minutes to respond if you don't respond yeah. and apologize or putting it online or whatever. The, the, fir- the first thing, look, there's two things in this. The first yeah. thing is sincerity. Yeah. Yeah. Sincerity, you need to be sincere if you're advising them. And then it should be done in coordinates with the Sharia. Yeah. yeah? If these both things are, are done, then Alhamdulillah, there's khair in it. Yeah. But if firstly, often, there's no ikhlas in it. You yeah. you are going for the jugular, irrespective. Yeah, yeah. And Subhanallah. Then this is why we have the issues that we have in the Ummah. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, yeah. and this is a, such a beautiful hadith. You know, and if the world acted upon this, la yu'minu ahadukum hatta yuhibba li akhihi ma yuhibbu li nafsi. That none of you can be a true believer that he loves for his brother, his sister, what he loves for himself. According to some interpretation, this is actually a khuwa, a brotherhood in humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, the easiest interpretation for this, the easiest interpretation for this is that you treat other people like you want to be treated yourself. If you ever made a mistake, would you like people to advertise it all around the world or would you like them to hide your sins? We all want. We all got skeletons in our, our, our wardrobes. All of us have. Yeah. You know that that is that's human beings. Not so me. The <laughs> <laughs> he, he eats the bones as well. <laughs> I eat that as well. <laughs> so if you if yeah, you want to treat others, you know you want to be treated 
in that way mm-hmm. and respect others. And this is the teaching of our deen. Yeah. And it's also not to rant or anything, but I also find it really almost kind of bagheret. <laughs> you know, like without any ghira whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That imagine you you trolled through someone's you know long video and they got like two thousand views, and you took one little clip yeah. where he said something incorrect. Let's just say for argument, saying he said something wrong against the deen of Allah, and he's saying something that's you know that you know is going to mislead people. You take that one minute video and you make it go viral, yeah. making millions exactly. more people yeah. watch it. What about your own ghira for something wrong being yeah. said about Allah's deen? True. Imagine if someone said something about your cussed your mum or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, you wouldn't go around saying this person said this 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 exact yeah. thing about my mum or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, you at least keep it generic. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I was just yeah. for your own ghira and shame. Yeah. You know, I was in a talk once in Pakistan. It was a conference, and one of the Mulana said, and he was speaking in English. He said, "You know, even Allah would tire from these guys." Oh. Yeah. Okay. So. Afterwards, I said to him, I said, you know what, Mulana? Because you know what, I didn't realize I said that. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. This guy's a scholar, so he knows, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. he's not. He goes, you know what? It's just like, I only realized afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you understand? But then, yeah. you know, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, those ones, where we've all been there. You're like, who? I hope nobody recorded that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then. You know, he, this guy studied. He knows yeah, this yeah. is against any aqidah, etc. Yeah, but yeah. it was a slip of the tongue. He, maybe he wasn't thinking. Yeah, but yeah. you take yeah. that portion out and then you put it on social media. And That's look, instant takfir there. Isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> the person who lost his camel in the desert yeah. Yeah. and then he finds it. Yeah, subhanAllah. Yeah, subhanallah. yeah exactly, you know? exactly. Someone should do a remake of that hadith and he was refuted for being a, yeah. for <laughs> acting a word of kufur. Yeah, subhanAllah. Yeah. And then people say things, especially when you're talking, you, share, you must, like, you know, when you're on platforms, etc. You're thinking of something else, you may say it colloquially. And yeah. The context is all driven. If you ask a person yeah. five minutes after, is this what you meant? They'd say no. No, exactly. Mm. And sometimes when you're speaking, you don't cover all angles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That angle that's doesn't come to speech. your mind. That's an and and then speech, especially yeah. guys like me will get quite hyper when we're speaking, yeah? <laughs> yeah. And then somebody says to you, Oh, but Sheikh that I say, Oh yeah, edit that part, please. <laughs> <laughs> Take that out. Take yeah. half the talk out. Let me give you an example. Just yesterday, yeah. You know uh Zishan from uh what's it called? Uh Smile to Jannah. Yes. yes, so yes I yes. did. I did Juma Khutbah, and I put and they put it up yesterday. So I was meant to say, uh, "What's that Archbishop's name?" Rowan Williams. Yeah, yeah. So I said, uh, "Rowan Atkinson." Mister Bean. Mister Bean. So he texts me yesterday, and he goes, "Sheikh, I think <laughs> you better edit that. I think you meant what's it called, uh, yeah. Rowan oh, Williams." And you said, "Mister Bean." Yeah. So these these yeah, things yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah, at least he refuted in pub in private. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> guys. Last reminder, I promise. Head over to Islam21c.com forward slash donate to help this movement get to the next level. So we have genuine, high quality media articulating Islam in the 21st century and developing confident Muslims impacting the world for the better. Well, that's actually quite interesting, Shay, because. Um, in terms of uh, your, your background, is, uh, maybe take a slightly different tack would be quite good. Mm. Um, you know, you didn't go down the traditional imam route either. And um, most yes, of your talks... Well, yeah, I guess not, mm. not the traditional, mashallah. Yeah. Um, mm. I guess your talks that you're most well known for are probably the kind of history and oh, personalities. Yeah, yeah. 
is is this something that interested you from before or is it just something you kind of got into i think it's something i got into uh, the our madaris the the, the, the general darsin nizami madaris they don't really emphasize too much on history yeah other science they do mm. history is something that they don't it was something that i started reading up on the sahaba then yeah. i did a few talks on the sahaba radiallahu anhum and then it just kind of took you know kind of t- took up a lot of my yeah. time i started mm. reading on uh, certain personalities i mean I, I, i've done i've done obviously the four khulafai yeah, yeah, yeah. i've done them in detail that only the abu Bakr half of it has been recorded hopefully be released soon inshallah, inshallah. and uh so yes, history is something which really, really interests me, and because history repeats itself. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, the problem is that we don't learn from history. Everything which happens to us, we think it's the mm. first time it's ever happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they come up with things like, oh, ISIS never has a group like ISIS ever existed in Islam. <laughs> We've had quite a few fruitcakes in our history. <laughs> yeah, quite a few of them who were far worse than they were. Yeah. You know, and then when you look at history, you realize that these were the problems which reoccur. What we see with the leaders today is what we've seen for the last 1400 years. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we get shocked. How could they do this with Jerusalem? How could they do this with Al-Quds? How could the Imam say this? You know, Allah has given him such a status. No, this has happened throughout. But mm-hmm. if you don't know your history, yeah, then you'll fine. think it's the first you time it's ever happened. What, what we know, see, history, what we know is a bit of seerah. Yeah, the golden generations. Yeah, yeah, and then we skip to our period. So somehow we think, hold on, if we had the Khalifat, we would have the time of Umar ibn al-Khattab. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. You wouldn't have the time of Umar al-Khattab because our Khalifat would reflect you and I. Yes, mm. and yeah. it's important for us to know that. So that's why history really, really interests yeah. me. Yeah, I really yeah. I personally benefit a lot from. You know, sometimes it can feel quite overwhelming when you see the state of the Muslims and being attacked left, right and centre. Wherever you look, east or west, mm. it seems that Muslims are like, you know, the kicking ball of everyone. Yep. And there's a talk you gave about the Mongols and uh, Rashid and at that time, how even though they won, the Muslims mm. conquered, mm. you yeah. know. And I remember it was very poignant, you know, Jazakumullah had for that, Sheikh. It was just... Because we do forget. And this is what this point about history repeating itself yeah. and also contextualising actually... Exactly. Things have been worse. Mm. We can't imagine it. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and to refer back to it. Yeah, mm. 100%. I did want to ask you, and I asked this to the senior Mushak that come here, not to say that you're old or anything, but senior knowledge. <laughs> Uncle. Like, so, <laughs> Uncle <yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> that is, that is <laughs> what <laughs> advice would you give? <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to yourself 20, 20 years ago? My my advice I yeah. want to give oh there's so much wallahi there's so so much I wish uh, there's so many things I could have done improved mm-hmm. myself alhamdulillah you know there's I I've travelled a considerable amount I've seen a lot of places I've stayed in different places I've met some amazing individuals mm-hmm. in my study days through uh, my talks etc there's so much things one I would have uh, maybe study wise i would concentrate on certain things which would have assisted me in my latter life mm-hmm. yeah uh secondly i i would have uh maybe spent more time honestly in the khidmah of my parents mm-hmm. you know alhamdulillah by the grace of allah m- both my parents live with me we are yeah. a big mm-hmm. family i'm the youngest out of uh, all my brothers but you know you know, when, you know time doesn't come back 
you know, I I I, I wish I I I I wish that uh, I, c I could have reset the clock, you know, and done the khidmah of my parents. My mom just passed away recently. My father passed yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. I wish I would, could have been a better husband. Mm. You know, I'm a great husband now. <laughs> no, what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is that, but that only comes with maturity. It wouldn't yeah. have come when I got married. But when yeah. you look back at it, you realize, you know what? There's so many things mm. I could have done better as a husband, as a son, as a brother. And they are the main main things. Yeah. Ibad al-Deen, alhamdulillah, obviously those things. But as a human being, mm. yeah. you know, I, I, w I wish I could have turned the clock and, and said, you know what? These these things which I I wasn't involved in with my family. Those are the things that I think was the cold thing. And mm. and and time is the best teacher. So yeah. even if I reverse the clock, I mean, we say this is hypothetical, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't have happened. But when I look back, I'm like, wow, I could have been a far better son. Mm. I could have been far better family member. I could have been far better husband. Yeah. 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 is a good answer. It is, subhanAllah. And you well, know, I'm, I was just going to say, actually, yeah. you know, you know, when someone passes away, normally mm. whatever their life was full of, mm. people always boil it down to maybe two or three qualities of that person that they were known for. Then if you notice this, they'll say, not to the exclusion of other things, they'll say, he was a good son. Mm. Mm. Or, he, you know, he was very generous. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that he wasn't good at his ibadah, etc. Yeah. But they always come down. And these few qualities of what the person is known as or defines yeah. them. Mm. And these points that you're saying actually is true because sometimes, especially when you're young and you have a zeal for the deen, you, know, you want to do all these things which aren't even a, a fard on you. Mm. But actually loving and looking after your parents is an obligation. Of course. You know, today I always say to the students, you know, there's an example where, you know, my father was very ill. Uh, and, and the local Imam came, uh, Mona Farooq from uh, Birmingham Jami Masjid. He knew my father, see my father. And I had actually left the sofa for that period. I said, you guys take, I need to look after my father. I just sleep downstairs with my father. And he said to me, he said, you know, when your parents pass away, you always think you wish you could have done more. Yeah. Wallahi, I was sitting there and I was thinking, not me. Yeah. You know, not me. You know. I used to, alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah, I used to stay with my father, do yeah. whatever new head dimension at the time. Yeah. You know, when my mm -hmm. father passed away, I wish I could have done it a hundred times more. Now, mm -hmm. we go home today, we got our phones, we take our parents for granted. If those who have parents are alive, you don't talk to your parents, you've got no time. You've got to talk to people that you don't really need to talk to. Yeah. You're on your phones, you got no time to speak to your wife, you're not done on the children. And then a time comes when they're not there anymore. And you think, you know what? Not only did I lose that connection with my parents, with my with my, you know, uh, wife, with my children, I wish I could turn back the mm. clock. You can't there's no qada of time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq Ameen, Ameen, may Allah give your parents uh, Jannah Ameen, Ameen. Um, I'm conscious of time but I do want to just quickly uh, get your, your views on um, the dawah, the trajectory of the dawah in the UK yeah? and particularly the Diobandi dawah scene mm -hmm. uh, that your, you know, your roots are from um, 
you know, where, what would you change about the last few decades and where do you think it's, uh, it's going? You know, what's your assessment? Of? I, I think I, I, just, I just want to, uh, regarding the word Diobandi, yeah. I just want to mention what one of the elder Mufti uh, Rafi said. Mufti Rafi is Mufti Taki's brother. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So he says, he said, because sometimes we use these uh, just for identification, yes. but sometimes we use yeah, them yeah. for divide as well. Mm. You know, and uh, so he says that, you know, when he qualified as a Mufti, he used to put his name Mufti Rafi Uthmani ad Diobandi. <laughs> he, he said, I was born in Dioband. Yeah. Yeah. I did hifs in Dioband. So I had the right to. So he says that uh, my father said to me, his father was Mufti Shafi Rahmatullah, yeah. who was, you Mixed know, the from, Grand Mufti yeah. of Pakistan. And he said, he said, you know, I don't like this word, Dioubandi. I smell the stench of sectarianism from it. Oh, no. wow. So Dioband is the school, yeah. but really, it's the, 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 the thing is, is the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Oh. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. So it's sometimes, some people know what there is when they say Diobandi, yeah. and they say, but, but sometimes it's like, it's a different kind of group, and it's, it's used for sectarianism. And when it's used for sectarianism, that's not how the elders had actually yeah, understood yeah. it. You know, so, and and what happens is that that identification actually sometimes overrides even the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. You you identify more yeah. with the Ubandi yeah. than the Ahl Sunnah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you begin that, to implode self, kind of uh, refute people that are closest to you rather than exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah, like exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think uh, the the Ubandis have done very very well. Nobody's when it comes mm. to masajid, yeah, yeah. madaris. And especially at the Diobandi, the Gujarati community. You know, we are all indebted to them. We've studied in their madaris, etc. You know, they've done an amazing job up north and masajid, yeah, etc. Sure. Uh, the, the, the issue that I find now is that many of the Diobandis are very insular. And uh, I think it's a time where our dawah needs to reach out to yes. others. Now, many of the elder... Here in the UK are Gujaratis, you know, the Dubandis are, are, are Gujaratis. And I think maybe it's something to do with the background that they come from in India because they're a minority. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you look at preservation, preservation yeah. rather no than going out and giving dawah. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's what needs to be changed. Now, it may work in certain places where, mashallah, you have a good environment like Dewsbury, like Patley, you know, yeah. other places, but it doesn't work everywhere. Hamlets. <laughs> so, so I think, I think that's what needs to be done from that point of view. Mm -hmm. And mashallah, they, they they have the madaris. You know, vast majority of ulama that you see in the country are products of yeah, the madaris. Alhamdulillah. But I think now those ulama need to face the challenge. And yeah. it, it, coming back to what we're discussing. Mm. Uh, and not many of those, alhamdulillah, are into polemics and are into controversies. Yeah. But what we, we, our challenges are not Brailevism, Salafism, yeah, Ikhwanis, yeah. etc. Our, cha our challenges are our children becoming murtad. Yeah. Mm. Our challenges are, you know, atheism, agnosticism, you know, confusion, our existence, the parameters. You know, yeah. self-confidence. These are our challenges. And I think uh, I make dua that was called yeah. our future ulama are ready to face these challenges. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm conscious of time. Uh, really, thank you very much, Zakhla Khairan, for joining. Um, and Zakhla Khairan for 
you guys joining at home as well. Um, thanks, Omar, for coming down. It's good fun coming yeah. back into the office, man. Yeah, and I'm not gonna come back right then very too, too regularly, but uh, <laughs> on you only live the S loud. Yeah, come on. Drive, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, remember to uh, get involved in the comments. Uh, if you like this podcast, give it a like and a share. Uh, we're also on all the um, and you can also refute if you want. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you refute Omar. Yeah. Uh, you can give me some private advice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, where, wherever you get your podcasts on audio as well, don't forget. So on Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, uh, Google Play Store, all that kind of good stuff. And also, um, there's a uh, special announcement if you made it to the end of this video. Uh, give us some money. Yeah, so <laughs> I was asked to just uh, remind uh, brothers and sisters watching to uh, please donate generously at sam21c dot com forward slash donate that link might be different but it'll be down in the description on the screen uh somewhere where what we're looking for is to get 500 people to donate five pounds a month so my fundraising target will be done and i don't have to do any more fundraising <laughs> the answer, but uh yeah if you again um please do get involved in the comments sheikh zahir mahmoud uh, thank you very much uh, may allah reward him for uh, attending and inshallah maybe he'll get involved in the comments as well but uh until next time from uh, myself and the Sam Trinity team. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.